Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Chris Brown. For more information on our church, visit c3church.narara.net. for God every moment of your life and if you're not good enough you'll just burn 
our salvation. God is so gracious. He's like, hey, I love you. You don't have to earn your salvation. You're coming to heaven. That's cool. And I'm going to give you a lot of free will, a lot of free choice, a lot of movement. You know, there's the permissive will of God. And it's like you make decisions. You choose whatever you like. And you're not putting your salvation on the line. But you aren't necessarily living on the front foot, doing all you can, fulfilling your potential, and necessarily going to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. I prefer to hear that than, yeah, here you come. And uh, it's scriptural. You read the scriptures. Some people escaping as though they were escaping a fire, entering heaven, but Peter's not blowing any trumpets. It's just, yeah. So, you know, I think, I think about serving then because he says right there, don't just live for yourself. Don't use the freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, two ways to live, yourself or use your freedom to serve one another in love. I've got, I got power of choice. I've got a free will. I can do whatever I like. Well, I should choose well. Uh, you know, kids aren't naughty anymore. Teachers, don't you dare use that word. Oh, no. You know what I mean. I got back in the classroom for a term a couple of years ago, you know, Bronwyn sort of propped me up a couple of times, you know, and, uh, you know, and these teachers who were there full-time, but they deserve a medal. And, uh, and it's hard because there's so many conditions that kids get labelled with these days. And you, so, so instead of just saying naughty, yeah, that's fair enough. You don't want to just demonise kids and say you're an evil person, you know. But we don't go over that. But what people are allowed to say is, you're not making good choices. And that's fair enough because it's an empowering kind of concept. You can make choices. It's better than just saying, well, I have no power of choice. It's just a condition. I've got a few letters above the name, so it's not my fault. And so if you've got a choice and we say that to kids, well, you know, you've got to make some good choices here. It's the same thing for us. We've got to make good choices. And you have the power to make choices. But it's not the government that's ruining your life or the teach you had in the fifth grade or your parents didn't love you enough or all the other things we feel tempted to blame. It's our choices that we make that end up affecting our life. What we sow is what we reap. And so we've got to think, yeah, how am I using this freedom that I've got? So think about serving the Lord. Think about serving God in His house. And here's the great paradox. This is the wonderful twist in the Christian life. We all want to be loved. Right? We all want to feel blessed and have people tell us we're awesome and we want to be on the receiving end of God's goodness. And that's just human nature. That's understandable. But the thing is, if we sit around waiting for that, wanting, yearning, hoping desperately that someone will come and find us all the time and bless us and give us everything we want, we will always be disappointed. You'll never get to the level of expectation, the experience that you're looking for. following me to Calvary. 
And he says this, if you try and find your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. He does more than just tell us. He says, I'll tell you what, I'll do more than just tell you what to do. I'll show you what to do. So he comes to earth and he humbles himself, lives like a man, and lives as a servant, and then says, do what I'm doing. And on the way, you'll discover real living. And so when you lay your life down, when you lose yourself, when you say, I'm not just looking for what I can get from others, but what I can give to others, this flip side way of living ends up being the most rewarding way of living. And, and, and it's only it's only then, living that way, that we find life really satisfying, rich, rewarding, living with a sense of purpose, uh, you know, being rewarded with this sense that we're making a difference, we're serving God, we're serving people, and we're building His church, we're blessing others, and, and of course, we make room for God's blessing in our life when we do that. And, you know, part of the paradox of this way of living, of serving, as opposed to just wanting to receive, is that we get more energized for life when we're giving. You, you know, um, now I'm all about balance. Literally, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about being a frenetic, crazy, meeting, mad Christian, you know, that never has a life. I've got a life, and you've got to make sure you've got some outlets and some R&R &R and family time and, you know, I'm, I'm a busy person, but but and I'm I reckon I'm you know reasonably on the front foot doing what I can for God. But just yesterday, I went to the beach with my family, rode my mountain bike and my dirt bike all in one day, and I found time for that and still fed the children and made sure they didn't get lost and got put into bed, including Bethany, you know. And and that was relaxing. That's my Saturday. That's a relaxing Saturday. They all laugh. They all say, oh, uh, you know, come on, Dad, when you relax. You know. But that's just my way of relaxing, being a little bit active. But, but honestly, it's not just a personality thing. You know, there are times, maybe on a Sunday afternoon, you're feeling lethargic. And you might just spend the whole afternoon like that and not feel any better. Or you could get up and go for a ride on your bike or do some gardening or do some exercise or do something active and you find that your body then gets re-energized in doing something. So your spirit and your will and your power of choice is leading your physical realm. And uh, as I said, you know, you've got to have some balance. You know, there are times when you've got to rest. It's 10 o'clock, you sleep till 6. But, you know, or, or yes, maybe, you know, you have other downtime, you have holidays and all that. But it's interesting that our body does respond to our spirit. And sometimes people, uh, I'm all about you know, listening to your body, but you don't want to just lead with emotions or body. You let your spirit have its say. Put it this way. Napoleon Bonaparte, I was reminded of a, a quote of his the other day. Uh, he knew something about what motivates people to a great cause. You'll agree. You know, he stirred half of France to go to war and take over most of Europe. And all for the glory of France. You know, he was a pretty good leader. He famously said this, the moral is to the physical as three is to one. In other words, there's a lot of power on the inside here that stirs your physical realm, your body can respond to what's happening on the inside. If you're excited and pumped about something, you'll find the energy for it. You'll get energized for it. And you'd have to say that that's just talking on a moral level. If you talk about some spiritual motivation, the ratio would be much higher. 
And so if we're in tune with the Holy Spirit, we'll have the energy, the desire, the passion, the commitment to do something for God. We won't find ourselves saying, yeah, I'd like to, but I'm too tired. I could, but I'm not over time. I don't know, maybe you know, one day. But that's, that's, that's just showing we're not in tune with the Holy Ghost. If we're praying and we're close to God, we will be pumped about serving Him. Now, again, I'm not talking about getting all frenetic and mental and having no time for anything else in your life. But I'm just talking about what Aaron's saying. When she says, I love God. If you love God, ah, you'll find, what can I do? And that may be serving children, even though you don't think of yourself initially as, oh, I love kids, I love kids. But there may be an avenue that God leads you to. You know, another part of, of, of serving God that's really exciting is the Holy Spirit may take you beyond your comfort zone and you discover gifts that you didn't think you had. So you've got gifts that you know you have. And sometimes that can be a problem because we think we're so good at it, no one can teach us anything. So that's not real good because you need to have a servant attitude. So you could come in with a great gift, you could be a great teacher, you could be a great preacher, and you come into a church and you think, oh, this guy's really nice good. <laughs> you know, I can show him a thing. Yeah, but you, God's not going to give you a guernsey if you just sit around with that attitude. You know, So you submit yourself and you go with the flow and you serve and then God you know, makes a way. But there are other times where we didn't think we had a gift, but God leads us, challenges us, speaks to us, takes us into an area of ministry, and it's like, I never would have thought, this is really cool, I'm good at this. Let me give you an example. Um, this, is, this is a cute story I wanted to share last week, but I didn't have time, because we just come back from Russia and we talked about a few different things, and Bethany, as you know, was with me, and did a great job song leading over there. And uh, can we see that photo of the two arenas? Okay, so these two arenas that we've known for 20 plus years. So, backstory if you're new to the church or you're visiting Ruth and I are missionaries in St. Petersburg more than 20 years ago, just come back from preaching there. We keep in touch with a lot of these people. So, the, the arena on the left is this arena Ashura on the left. Uh, I didn't really ever know her full story of how she came to Christ. Um, and, but she really wanted me to hear it, so she sat me down and told me, and they very complimentary because we were there when they both got saved and they looked to us as spiritual parents and they say, you know, you were awesome and it's just God, you know, moving to us. We were there at the right time. Um, so Arena on the right, Arena Tiastio, uh, uh, she came to the church that we were helping to run in 1992 and she heard the gospel and got saved. Now, a lot of Russians knew of God, had been in the Russian Orthodox Church, knew about God, but God was kind of out there somewhere. They didn't know him in a personal way. So it was easy for her just, oh, yes, God, you know, she got saved. The next week, I apparently prophesied over her. Uh, there's like a thousand people at this meeting, so I didn't have her out individually, but I saw her. I, I do remember her. She had very blonde hair, and I remember prophesying. I don't remember the specifics, but she does. Apparently, I prophesied that she was an evangelist. Uh, and that freaked her out. She just thought, I'm not an evangelist at all. And uh, I'm quite, you know, shy and don't feel that bold. Uh, meanwhile, so she hears this. And she's taken on board. She's got a beautiful, soft heart. So she's like, oh, God, okay, well, I guess, that, you know, what you want me to do. Meanwhile, Arena on the left is having a terrible time. She's just escaped an abusive relationship and she's suicidal. She dropped out of society. She's not taking any phone calls. She's locked herself in a flat. She's feeling so close to making a big, terrible decision. And how 
how she's going to do that. And she wasn't the only one at that time. Terrible economic conditions. Uh, a lot of Russian people were, were, were living, well, you wouldn't even say what the poverty line was because that was so low anyway, but, you know, just, it was really tough uh, economically. And so um, the phone rang, and she, as I said, she was not taking phone calls, but she answered the phone. She didn't know why, but she thought, oh, and she, she answered the phone, and it's Irina just here on the phone. Now, they studied together, hadn't seen each other for some time, but Irina just here on the right had felt compelled to ring this old friend of hers. Rang, didn't realise what was going on in her life. She answers the phone. She starts telling about the Lord. She said, I've become a Christian. It's so wonderful. I'm this great church. I worship God. We feel close to God. You've got to come. No, 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 no. Thanks. You know, see you later. She keeps hassling it. I inviting uh, fine line, you know, and you might sort of think, oh, well, I've got to respect their privacy and all that. Well, she might not be around if she respected her privacy. So she, she felt compelled. She kept reading it. She kept reading it. She said, I'll give you a free Bible. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, all right. So she got her over the line and went and met her and took her to church. She said she came to church and she was really rattled because everyone was so happy. She wanted to leave. It freaked her out. It was, a, it was like our service here, you know. Exuberant worship arena, another arena you may remember a couple of years ago was out here leading worship, and uh, she just thought, I'll go get out. And arena just wouldn't let her. She said, No, 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 you've got to stay here. And so she was getting the spirit of the evangelist on it, being really strong. You know, evangelists are kind of blunt, and, and you know, some of us feel, oh, don't be, you know, got to be a little sensitive to people. No, forget sensitivity, they're going to help. Tell them the gospel, you know. And so um, she was like, No, you stay here. And um, so then, and I was preaching, this is why she wanted me to hear this, I'd never heard this, she said, um, I said something like, if you're here today and your life is terrible, God loves you. And in fact, there are people here today who may be suicidal, and God, now she immediately thought that her friend Arena had told me all about her, and said, I'm bringing a friend, and this is what's going on in her life, and you should, and I hadn't met her. I hadn't met either of the arenas. So she said to her friend, Arena, what have you told this preacher? And she said, I haven't even met him. I haven't told him anything. Anyway, so she she kept coming. She said it went on for weeks. And every time she came, Ruth or myself, because we're doing the majority of the preaching, would say something that made her think Arena's been telling them about her. It was just like, you had this experience, you know, you come to church, and the message, you go, wow, that was for me. I've had people tell me specifics of my message that I don't even remember saying. I don't think I did say it, but God moving, you know. And so they're saying, oh, she's saying, oh, he's speaking about me. So she didn't experiment. She stopped telling Arena about her life. She thought, right, I'll go to church, but you're, I, she secretly suspected, even though she denied it, that she was telling us that. And it still kept happening. She'd come to church and we'd say, you know, today God's wanting to say this. And the Bible said, oh, it's all about me again. It's all about me. And she realized, this is God. And God is using these people. And so she gave her life to the Lord. She went to Bible college. I forgot this, but they, I didn't tell you this. They loved Bible college because I apparently gave out stickers bars for Bible memory verses. And that was, and they were a big commodity back then. You could only buy them, I could buy them in these markets run by the mafia in a full box, only a whole box. And I'd save up and I'd get a whole box of Snickers bars and um, shuffle around in the store, go to these markets, go try to walk into the markets, and the big guy says, you've got to pay an entrance fee. I'm like, 
that well, if we're not paying an entrance fee, try to walk past him, another big guy comes around and they both stand around and go, and there was like 10 rubles, it wasn't a lot, but I just thought they'd want to joke, I'm going to the shops, why would I pay to go to the shop? It's their turn, you pay to enter. Okay, you know, and then and then the same market, next to the stickers mark, quite literally, it was like out of the movies, I had a guy come to me and say, what am I going? Just, you know, those spy kind of cartoons, literally, did the, over that book, and he's got all these guns, but no, just what stickers mark, you know, true story. So I buy the box of stickers, bars, I go to the Bible College and go, right, Bible tear, who remembered their Bible verse from last week? Well, ah, all pumped, I'm getting the stickers, bars, you know. There's, you know, there was a Western product, there wasn't a lot of it there. Was a, anyway, she, she liked the Bible, and she loved stickers, and um, and she, um, uh, they were out of bed chocolate. Anyway, so she's a real woman of prayer. Both of them are white, great women of God, well respected in the city, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, Prophetic and the one on the left, Marina Ashabaz, because she's a successful businesswoman now, life going on for God, and uh, it's a wonderful story. Uh, but it, it just comes from someone hearing from God, you're an evangelist, and then going, Am I okay? And stepping into that calling that wasn't initially in the forefront of their mind. Um, so let the Holy Spirit inspire you okay, and speak to you and stir you and lead you and it may not be so you know dramatic and, uh, but certainly a weekly witness a daily devotion and a practical application year of ministry use your freedom that you've been given to serve the Lord and others Amen and take your next step and let's move forward together We hope you have enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.